0: It's Sunday, February the 14th, and we want to welcome you to Winkler-Burke-Toller Mennonite Church service. It's Valentine's Day, and it is a day that we can show love and kindness to our spouse, family, friends, neighbours, and anyone who comes across our path. Of course, the best example who did this was Jesus as he touched people's lives wherever he went. And this morning, we want to focus On Jesus Healing the Lame Man by the Pool of Bethesda. So we welcome you to come and join us and worship and praise the Lord together.
1: Good morning. Glad you could join us this morning. We have a bit of a special treat today. Uh, Evelyn Dell is going to sing for us, Give Me Jesus.
2: break of dawn. Just before the break of dawn. Just before the break
1: of dawn. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus.
3: Happy Valentine's Day from all of us. To all of you, Valentine's is an opportunity to tell the people around you how much we care for them. When I thought about this, I wondered, does the scripture tell us about how much we should care for each other? So I found at least four Valentine's messages in Ephesians and another two in Luke, and I'd like to share them for uh, to you. Think of uh, a Valentine and the from and to in front and then the content on the inside. So from Jesus to the church, I love you so much that I would die for you. Or from that same verse in Ephesians 5, from the husband to the wife, I love you just as Christ loved the church, and I will give myself up for you. Or in Ephesians 5, verse 33, from the wife to the husband. Simply, I respect you. Now in Mark 12, verse 30, from Christ followers to the Lord. I love you with all my heart, soul, and mind, and with all my strength. Then in continuing on again from Christ follower to the neighbor, is I will love you as much as I love myself. So you want to take your bulletin, and um, I'm just a, a reminder, you can get one from the church's website, or you can pick one up from the table in the entrance, and you can pick up the daily bread as, as well. So before I get into the bulletin, I'd like to make a special announcement. This is a very special announcement. We will have a church service February 21st, uh, first, that's the Sunday after Sunday after this one. And um, we want to return to having live services again. The Manitoba Health Order of February 11th permits a gathering of 50 people. This means we will have to be creative. Here is our proposal. One, that we continue to produce our online worship services as well. Two, that those who wish to attend a live service will sign up. And three, that we aim to have enough services throughout the week, to accommodate the whole church. Or, if you will, we can have two Sunday services and rotate the congregation through these two services. Please sign up, and then we will know to have a better direction. If we would move in the direction of having enough services in a week to accommodate all who would like to attend, then each would be assigned to the same time slot each week. Those who wish to sign up for live services may do so by contacting the church office by email at office at wbmc.ca or by phoning 204 325 9563. If you arrive at a service to which you have not been assigned, you may be turned away. So if you're signing up, please answer all the following questions. One, would you like to attend live services? Two, would you attend weekday services instead of a Sunday service? Three, should we aim to have enough services throughout the week to accommodate the whole congregation, or should we rather have two Sunday services and rotate the congregation through the two weekly Sunday services? Our office and our our lead, our pastoral team is waiting to hear from you. So take your bulletin. And I'd like to highlight a few things, and then we'll pray for the rest of them, through the rest of them. I would like to highlight, you know, that at this time, let's take an opportunity to keep our pastoral team, our pastors in our prayers. They are having, they they need discernment to walk our way through, you know, this time, this time of opening, time of deciding how we should open the church. So take the time to pray for them. So let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for a clear message on how much we are to love and respect each other. Father, we clearly see you walking with us this last year. We thank you for our pastors, Pastor Dean and Cheryl, Pastor Victor and Eileen, Pastor Harold and Teresa, and give them them wisdom and discernment as they continue to lead lead us. Father, I also ask that you would um, be with our city councillors, as they too are making decisions at this time that affect all of us. Be with um, our provincial leadership as well, as decisions are made that affect many Father, we also want to pray for our missionaries. We want to pray for Donna Sharep in particular today, and we want to hold them up as they um, also make decisions at this time about their future, and as they try and, and, and report to um, the people that um, they love and they serve in, uh, you know, in a new and a different way than they had planned. Father, we want to pray for the needy families in our community, Father, um, reveal them to us so that we can, we can help where we're able to help. Father, you have blessed us richly, and we thank you for the opportunity to, to help along and walk alongside them. Father, I just ask that you anoint the words, Pastor Dean. Help us to have open and listening ears as he shares the word with us. Bless our time together. I pray, amen.
1: Hello, everybody. The first song we're going to sing is Victory in Jesus. I heard no old, old story How the Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary Savoirs like me, I heard about His groaning of His precious blood, untoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. Bought me with redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about Of His cleansing power revealing How He made the lame to walk again And cause the blind to see And then I cried, dear Jesus Come and heal my broken spirit And somehow Jesus came and brought To me the victory Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all. About a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there. The song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ever I knew him, and all my love. Plunge me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. The next song we're going to sing is In My Heart Rings a Melody. I have a song that Jesus gave me. It was sent from heaven above There never was a sweeter melody Tis the melody of love In my heart there rings a melody There rings a melody With heaven's harmony In my heart there rings a melody There rings a melody Of love. I love the Christ who died on Calvary, for he washed my sin away. He put within my heart a melody, and I know it's there to stay. of love. T'will be my endless theme in glory, with the angels I will sing. T'will be a song with glorious harmony, when the courts of heaven ring. In my heart there rings a melody, there rings a melody. My heart there rings a melody, there rings a melody of love. The next song is Since Jesus Came Into My Heart. My life has been wrought Since Jesus came into my heart I have lied in my soul For which long I have sought Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Like a sea, billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, I have ceased from my wandering and glowing astray. Since Jesus came into my heart, and my sins, which were many, are all washed away. Since Jesus came into I could see billows roll. Sin Jesus came into my heart. I shall go there to dwell in that city I know. Since Jesus. Cause sea billows roll, sin, Jesus, came into my heart.
4: Well, good morning, everyone. I'm very happy to be able to share a story with you guys. And we're not going to get to the end of the story. That's the exciting part, that the story is going to go for a few Sundays. So make sure you keep listening so you can hear the end because it's very exciting. Um the story today takes place in a very different country than Canada. It's in Colombia. But there are some similarities between Colombia and where we lived in the Philippines. The story takes place in the middle of the jungle where there's no roads. The only place to get in um is by hiking a long time or riding boats or by flying airplanes or helicopters. And the other thing is it's very hot and as you can see I'm very cold. Not only because it's very cold in Canada but because Sometimes things don't always work out the way that you want, and today things didn't work out the way I wanted because our furnace stopped working in the night, and it is very cold in here. But you know, sometimes things didn't work out in the Philippines either, and sometimes life was a little bit trickier, things are just uncomfortable, like... Um, like ants crawling into your ears at nighttime and eating and biting inside your ear. That was a little bit uncomfortable and very different from Canada. Um, there's much bigger bugs in the Philippines. There's lots more scary snakes. There's lots of different things in, Can- in um, Canada than there are in the Philippines that I had to get used to. Now, something else that's a little bit different in places like Colombia or the Philippines is that there are groups of people that are fighting against the government and they often fight using um, guns and grenades and violence and they're called uh, guerrilla groups and they're not gorilla like the animal but guerrilla groups and in the story you're going to hear about them and we actually experienced them as well in the philippines Now, one morning we woke up very early to dogs barking and a gorilla group was coming towards our house and they surrounded our house and they also had lots of guns and bullets and grenades and grenade launchers and they came and they didn't want to hurt us, they just wanted to talk to us, but it did make us um, a little bit scared and we also through that experience had to learn how God was in control of that experience and that's what we're going to learn today in our story and in the further Sundays as we continue to hear how this story works out so today's story is called God at the Controls Tim and Kane Tim Kane and his wife Bunny were missionaries with New Tribes Missions in Colombia South America They lived with the Punabi people in a village in the jungle Tim knew their language very well because his parents had been missionaries and lived where there were punavis. Now Tim was a missionary himself and he taught Bible stories night after night in the village and the punavis loved the teachings. They were getting to know God better. One day, two of the village leaders, Alberto and Chico, came to Tim and Bunny. They were very upset. They said, don't go out of your house after dark. There are gorilla tracks around. Again, not the animal, but the gorilla men who didn't like the government and don't believe in God. Tim and Bunny had never seen any gorillas, although they had heard lots of things about them, things that made people afraid of them. Every night, the dogs in the village made a big racket, growling and barking because there were strangers nearby. One day, Tim and Bunny were gone, and a bunch of gorillas came into the village and started asking questions about the missionaries. Some of them even stayed there overnight and left the next morning. Several hours after all the gorillas were gone, Tim and Bunny came back. A new tribes mission pilot flew them into the village. As soon as the plane landed, the Punavi swarmed around it talking loudly. They were very upset about the girls' visit and about the questions the gorillas had asked about the missionaries. When the pilot heard the news, he frowned with worry and turned to Tim and Bunny. Don't you think it's getting too dangerous to stay here? No, said Tim. We can't leave now. The church is growing. I know who the Christians are, and even those who aren't Christians want to learn more about God. I am sure that God wants us to be here and that he will take care of us. Tim is right, Bunny agreed. This is where we need to be. Together, they waved goodbye as the pilot took off. Several weeks later, Tim was feeling quite ill. I think he had malaria, so he was laying quietly in his hammock. Bunny was in the next room, listening to Wannabe words on a tape recorder, trying to learn the language and memorize them. She needed a break, so she stood up by the window and stretched out and then almost crumpled in fear. Outside were four gorillas in camouflage uniforms running straight for their house. They had huge belts of bullets strapped around their waist and were carrying guns and hand grenades. Bunny ran into the bedroom. Tim, gorillas, what do we do? Tim was not feeling well. Go let them in, he said. What? No, we don't want them in here, Bunny exclaimed. Take it easy. We don't even know what they want yet. He climbed out of the hammock slowly, making a face because of the pain in his legs. Bang, bang, bang! The gorillas pounded on the door. Let us in! Open the door, they demanded. Tim opened the door. Hands up and get outside, ordered one of the gorillas. After a while, the gorillas noticed Punavi's walking past the house slowly, looking really worried about Tim and Bunny. The gorillas decided to move Tim and Bunny back inside the house where they wouldn't attract so much attention. As they took them into the house, one gorilla announced proudly, You have been captured. Tim was not impressed. What does that mean? he asked flatly. "'Oh, you'll see,' replied the guard mysteriously. "'You'll see.'" Inside, the gorillas made Tim and Bunny open all of their belongings and asked them lots and lots of questions. If the gorillas saw anything they liked, such as tape recorders, food, radios, or money, they just stuffed it into their pockets or put it aside to take with them later. They emptied every tin, every shelf, and every box in the house. "'What a mess.'" finally one of the gorillas walked over to Tim and said get on the radio and call for the mission plane say exactly what we tell you to say if you change one word you're dead tell them that you are very sick and need to get out as Tim sat there thinking about all this the guard spoke again roughly this time make that call now or we'll feed you to the buzzards Tim looked at the gun pointing at him he got on the radio and called asking the mission plane to come out the next day that evening, one Bible verse meant more to Tim and Bunny than ever before. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, found in Romans eight twenty-eight. They said that verse over and over to themselves and to each other. Finally, they declared, we don't understand it, but we believe it. God is in control. That night, they went to bed. Bunny shook and shook. She tried to relax and sleep. Finally, she and Tim slept They didn't sleep very well, though, because every 10 or 15 minutes, a gorilla shined his big flashlight right into their eyes to make sure they weren't trying to escape. The next morning came. There was nothing to do but wait for the airplane to come and, at the same time, hope and pray that it would not land. About 10 minutes before the airplane was due to arrive, four gorillas took off down the path to the airstrip with all their guns and ammo. Tim and Bunny looked at each other. What were the gorillas planning? Were they going to try to get the plane? Did they want to take the pilot prisoner? Surely the plane would not land. And that's where we're going to stop our story today. You know, we might not have gorillas coming into our house and taking us captive, but life can feel kind of uncertain and things can happen that we didn't plan or don't want to be happening. And I think that we can learn some of the same lessons, that we get truth from the Bible and truth that God is in control and that we can trust him no matter what's going on in our lives. So make sure you listen again to hear the next part of the story.
2: Scripture reading today is taken from John chapter 4, verses 43 to 54. Jesus heals an official's son. After the two days he left for Galilee, Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed After coming from Judea to Galilee. Thus far the reading.
0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 5, verses 1 through 18. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 18. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. When I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, Father, my Father is always... At his work to do his... Pardon me. My father is always at his work on this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father and making himself equal with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pause before you to give you thanks. Lord, so many years ago... You walked upon the face of this earth and you touched many people's lives, such as this lame man by the pool of Bethsaida. You gave him new life. His life was changed. No longer was he dependent upon other people providing for him, but now he could get up and walk and he could earn his own living. I pray, Father, that you would help us to learn the principles that are placed before us today so that we too can gain a dependency upon you. Because when you touch us, not only physically but spiritually, our lives are transformed. So I pray, Father, once more, help us to gain new principles that we can apply to our lives so we can walk worthy according to the name that you have called us by. For this we pray. Amen. As Jesus continued to minister, he comes in contact with people who have many types of problems and infirmities. John clearly states the reason why he recorded these events of Christ in John chapter 23, verse 31. It says this, but these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name however not only do the works and the miracles of christ cause people to believe in him but they also have another effect on the people which is rejection and persecution from the religious leaders as we will see from this from this morning's message john was right when he said in this chapter verse chapter 1 verse 11 He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Just think for a moment. If there had been one disappointment, discouragement, hurt, or pain in Christ's ministry, it would have been because of the outright rejection from his people, the very ones that he came to save. Some years ago in Calgary, a man had gone to drop off a three-year-o- his three-year-old daughter at a daycare center. Apparently, the child got out of the truck and ran in front of it. And for some reason, the truck rode forward, pinning and killing this three-little-year-old girl between the wall and the truck. When I heard this on the news, it bothered me immensely because I know what it is like to have a three-year-old child. And as a parent, one does everything for the safety and the well-being of his or her child. In other words, you want the absolute best for your child. You want to do whatever is possible to see your child all the way through and that child is safe. Well, in the same way, Everything that Christ did, he did for his people, yet they rejected his offer of salvation. This morning, once again, we see Christ at work ministering and touching people's lives as he walks along life's highway. And I've entitled this message, the healing of the lame man as i've already said in john chapter 5 verses 1 through 18 the healing of the lame man and the and it comes with the first part which is amid the grievous circumstances verse 1 through 5 amid the grievous circumstances it was an ordinary day and since jesus was of hebrew origin he went Up to Jerusalem to the Jewish Jewish feasts. Now there were two types of Jewish feasts. The feast of the Passover and the feast of the Pentecost of Tabernacle. And while he was in Jerusalem, he went to visit the pool called Bethsaida. All of the sick And incurable people would come to the pool because they thought that an angel would come down from heaven and stir the water. When this would happen, the people assumed that the first one into the pool would be healed. And more than likely, the stirring of the water was the bubbling up of an intermittent natural spring. And probably no one ever was healed because no one was into the pool first. However, in the midst of all this, Jesus found one man who had been an invalid and was incapacitated to have any quality of life for 38 years already. The man probably had to beg for a living and was on the mercy of everyone. There was no hope for him of a normal life or doing things normal, like walking, or running, or working, or playing, or caring for the needs of one's families, or others. In other words, he could do almost nothing what the normal person could do. But now the master, the son of God, the king of King, the Lord of lords, passes his way, and Jesus asks him a question. Do you want to get well? Notice this man did not initiate the contact. He didn't. He didn't initiate anything. Amid this grievous, humanly, unalterable circumstance, Christ moves in to perform a life-changing miracle, which we discover in our second portrait of the healing of the lame man, which is number two, comes with the goodness and the compassionate of the Lord, comes with the goodness and the compassion of the Lord, verses seven through nine, eight. Can you imagine Jesus coming And he's going to perform a miracle. He's going to touch this individual. Here we find one of the most amazing things contrasted to almost all the other miracles that Christ performed for people. This man has no faith whatsoever in Jesus. And Christ asks for no faith on this man's part isn 't it interesting this shows us that even when we are faithless, Christ remains faithful, although much of the scriptures point to faith being a prerequisite to healing, it is not only it is not always an absolute I believe mir- the, I believe miracles of healing and provision come because of jesus goodness and compassion towards other. Others and we see that through the scriptures all the time. Jesus had compassionate t- compassion towards other. Notice this man's response to Christ's question. He th- his thoughts are entirely wrapped up in the healing elements of the water. If only someone could get down and help him to get in the water, maybe there would be hope for him. Jesus' response to the invalid is. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And the scripture says in verse 9, At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat, and he walked. No faith was needed, and the man didn't even know Jesus' name. This demonstrates one thing more, and that Jesus works goodness and compassionate healings are not limited by man. Think about that. Even our faith is not limited to man. It's what Christ does within us and even gives us the faith. In the same way our lives should reflect Christ to demonstrate the goodness and the compassion we show to others when they are in need. The same way that Christ had compassion for others and the same way that he ministered even to people he didn't even know. We need to do the same. Of course, this miracle does not go unnoticed by the religious establishment, as we find out. When the Pharisees sees, see this, they have a different perception of what Jesus is doing. This now points us to the third por- portrait of the healing of the lame man, which is number three, comes with the grossly legalistic Pharisees, comes with the grossly legalistic pharisees found in verses 9b through 15 verses 9b now set the stage for the for the open hostility towards christ the day on which he took uh, the way the day on which this took place was the sabbath and here's a clear picture of how the pharisees had misconstrued and misinterpreted the commandments of god to fit their religious agenda. Verse 10 says this, So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. The Pharisees were so wrapped up and blinded by their legalism that they could not even see the power of God at work around them. They should have been saying, praise the Lord for the miracle. Praise the Lord for healing this man who had been an invalid for all of his life until now. But instead, they were more concerned about the traditions which they had added to the law. An example of this is the fourth commandment. Everyone understood that there was to be no work done on the Sabbath. But the religious leaders defined and interpreted the command by stating how many steps a person could walk and how much a person could carry. So it wasn't God's law that was being broken many times. It was the traditions of man. Mark chapter 7 verses 1 through 15 refers to the traditions of man of course, which was set by the religious establishment of that day. Listen closely as I read this portion of scripture. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus and saw some of the disciples eating food with hands that were unclean, that is unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands as a ceremonial washing, holding to the traditions of elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. They observe many other traditions, such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah was right. When he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commandments, the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is Corbin, that is a gift devoted to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your traditions that you have handed down, and you do many of these things like that. Again, Jesus called the crowds to himself and said, Listen, everyone, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going in, into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. God's law of keeping the Sabbath holy was meant for turning from turning the rest day into a regular work day. The Sabbath was never meant to override the needs of people. Thus Jesus was right when he said, the Sabbath was made for man and man not made for the Sabbath. Now we come to the final point of the healing of the lame man. The healing of the lame man, which comes with the genuine claim to to deity by Christ. Yes, it comes with the genuine claim to deity by Christ. Verses 16 through 18 tells us about that. Notice what the Jews began to do to Jesus in verse 16. They persecute him. It doesn't say what they were doing to him but whatever they, do, they were doing to him they were making sure not only to make his life full of grief but they wanted to destroy him listen to verse 17 and 18 as i read those two verses again and jesus said to them my father is always at work to do uh, to this very day and i too am working for this reason the jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was eve <coughs> pardon me. He was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. The Jews would have had no problem if Christ called God his Father because the Jews believed that God was the Father of all Is- of all the Israelites. Israelite race. The problem was that Jesus personalized it and said, my, God, "said about God, my Father." They thoroughly understood that Jesus was making himself equal with God. However, the religious leaders were incapable of objecting to Christ's claim for he was able to form, perform the mere miraculous healings like no one else. A matter of fact, the healings and the miracles validated who Christ was and that he was the son of God. From this passage of scripture, we need to ask ourselves questions this morning. Two questions. What? are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to say to me, Lord? Well, first of all, and to all of us in a similar way, are like we are all like the layman. We are the most miserable and destitute creatures without the Lord in our lives. And only he can transform us. He transforms us two ways. Number one, First, when we come to know Him as our Lord and Savior. Second, once we know Him as we trust Him and walk, we are being changed daily, day in and day out, becoming more and more like Christ. But that only comes as we continue to trust him in everything. Second, when God moves within our midst, we should make sure that our hearts are receptive. If we rely on our preconceived ideas instead of God's word, we may end up not even seeing the miracles that are taking place right here in our own home church. As we watch lives that are being transformed daily as we reach out to others and as we walk with the Lord. Let's be sensitive to the Lord. Let's be waiting for him to move in our church as he changes us, he changes the people around us, and he changes our community to see Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior.
1: In closing, the last song we're going to sing together is the Old Rugged Cross. It's a beautiful song that I think we all know. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love O cross, where the dearest and best for a world of law sinner was slain, so I'll change My trophies at last I lay down and I will
0: with this benediction found in numbers chapter 6 verses 24 through 26 very familiar to all of us the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace let's pray heavenly father we thank you that you always go before us and lord in the midst of Of our hardships and our difficulties, you are present each step of the way. I pray, Father, that as you go before us, we would be following you very closely. And we thank you that we are challenged today with your message, that we'll be able to go home and we will be able to apply these principles to our lives. So once again, we thank you for allowing us to worship together And we ask that you would bless the remainder of our week as we go into a new week. And especially we give glory unto you in everything we do and say. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us. We trust that you have been blessed and that you will be back next week when we can worship again.